Well, good day, everyone. And um, good day for visiting. Quite a few faces I don't know. It's because I don't recognise anybody at the moment. But, um, how about we have a look at uh, this passage? Um, so, if you've got your little handouts open, you'll get to see uh, what we're looking at. You'll get to see uh, a few points that I'm hoping to make. And I hope I'm going to be able to stay with you for the whole of it um, without rushing outside. Um, let, let me say at the outside, I was going to have the first point in this talk, uh, my struggle to pray. Uh, and when I've spoken on the topic of prayer before, I've often started by talking about my struggle to pray. But I thought uh, it's not that honest. Because the reality is, often it's a lack of struggle to pray. That is, I'm not struggling to pray and therefore I'm not praying. And I suspect that as we think about this together, it's probably true for many of you that prayer is not a strong suit. Something that you would like to be better at, something you'd like to give more time and attention to. One of the things I, I do a bit is mentoring and coaching pastors in ministry and I get them when we meet together for the first time to talk about particular goals and objectives that they have and it's nearly always the case that people want to commit themselves to more prayer. Now, most of us realise that prayer is a weak spot in our lives and it's something that we can often feel quite guilty about and as we talk about this today I don't want to pile on guilt. I want to be saying to you that it's an incredible privilege that we have to be able to talk to God. It's an opportunity. It's something that God has made possible. It's not something you have to do to please God. It's not something that earns you merit with God. It's not something that opens up doors and opportunities for God to bless you. It's actually the natural response from us to the God who loves us. Now, we've been looking at, at this uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' teaching in Matthew, and we saw last week that Jesus, uh, in speaking about prayer, together with fasting, together with giving to those who are in need, says, make sure that you're not giving so that other people see it and are impressed with you. It actually encourages a sincerity of heart, encourages us to be humble and truthful before God. And in the midst of uh, talking against the hypocrisy of putting on a show, Jesus kindly teaches his followers uh, how to go about praying. And we saw as we looked at this last week that it's not to put on a show in front of other people, we also see when we look at the passage that it's not in order to uh, put on a show before God, babbling like the pagans, thinking that we'll be heard by our many words. Now Jesus gives a, a framework, a model for prayer. He, he teaches us how to pray. And we're going to be looking at what Jesus teaches. It may be very familiar to you. Some of you have probably been in church traditions where we pray what's called the Lord's Prayer. 
uh, most times we gather together. Some of you, it, it might not be particularly familiar. But I want to have a look at it and uh, just to take each phrase uh, of uh, what Jesus says here, uh, piece by piece, and I'd encourage you to follow through with me. The first thing that Jesus says um, in getting us to think about prayer is to pray our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Now, there's a number of aspects to this, and I'm going to pick on each of the words. Our Father. It's not just private prayer that he's got in mind here. This is the family prayer. And we get the privilege of being able to address the God of all eternity, the God who created the entire universe, as our dad. We get to go into the very presence of the sovereign king of the entire universe. Now, you imagine the privilege that it is for a prime minister or a president's children to be able to go right into the office with their dad, perhaps uh, bypassing all of the security, bypassing all of the police, all of the army, all of the people, and invited right into the very presence of that ruler. <coughs> Friends, we're able to go into the very presence of God. We're able to bring our requests to God. We're able to bring our praises to God. We're able to address God as Father. Now, I've been taught since I was a very young age to pray to God as my Father. And so it didn't appear to me to be a particularly radical thing. But having read through the Old Testament, one of the things that you notice is that God's not typically addressed as Father. Yeah, there are occasions where He is, and, and sometimes He's the Father of the nation of Israel. But more often than not, God is the Lord of hosts. He's the sovereign, ruling, almighty King. He is Yahweh. Here, Jesus picks up on the idea of God being His Father and enabling us to address him as our Father. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to come into the presence of God and speak to our Father in heaven. Secondly, Jesus says, we are to pray, hallowed be your name. Um, now, little joke at this point, a friend of mine believed that God's name was Harold. <laughs> believed that from a very early age, our Father, who art in heaven, Harold be your name. Uh, now, Harold is not his name, um, but I think he, he kind of got confused because hallowed is not a word that we use very often. Uh, maybe you've read Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, still doesn't help you work out what it means. Maybe you've uh, been to the hallowed turf of the MCG or the Sydney Cricket Ground. It, it, it's a, the idea of being set apart to be special. And um, what Jesus is encouraging us to pray is that God's name will be set apart as special. Um, it's caring here about God's reputation, how people treat God. We are to pray that God's name will be treated as special. Uh, it's a, a wonderful thing to be able to come into God's presence, but we need to remember how special God is. He's not just our mate. Uh, he is our Holy Father. 
Thirdly, Jesus says when we come before him to pray, your kingdom come. Um, and uh, as we think about the prayer, um, thanks Brett, Brett's just put a bucket down the <laughs> let, let me tell you, there's no, there's no way I'm staying in here with a bucket. <laughs> if it gets that bad, I'm going straight outside. Take that bucket away from me. I think what Jesus is getting at here with um, praying your kingdom come, it's actually caring about God's rule, uh, caring about the Father's rule in all things. Now, Jesus came preaching the kingdom. Uh, it's what John the Baptist said he would do. It's what Jesus does. Uh, it's what he's uh, teaching his disciples about in this very sermon, the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is praying that, sorry, teaching us that we should be praying, your kingdom come. Uh, wanting God's purposes uh, to come to fulfilment. To be praying that God will have uh, his will put into effect. It's, uh, it's interesting, I, I wonder what the politicians are thinking when they pray the Lord's Prayer, when they open Parliament. They still do pray the Lord's Prayer. Um, are they praying that God will have his will, that God's kingdom would come? Because that's what Jesus is encouraging us to be praying for. Now, you notice with all of this, um, one, one more clause, and, and, and then I'll make this comment, that he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a prayer that God will bring about his plans and purposes uh, on this earth. Uh, that, that God's good purposes in the midst of all kinds of confusing evidence, in the midst of suffering and, and warfare and um, disease and uh, all kinds of things that are going wrong, that God will have his will done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and that doesn't always mean that things will feel better. But it does mean, and we're going to look at this at the camp in Romans 8, that, that God's will is to make us more like Jesus. And sometimes God's answers to our prayers are to change us, not to change the circumstances. That God's will might be put into effect. Caring about God's plans here and now. Now, what we've seen so far in the Sermon on the Mount uh, is Jesus teaching about the character of what life is in the kingdom. And Jesus is the king um, who is making that known. Here, Jesus calls us to have as the focus of our prayers, God, his reputation, his rule, uh, his will and his plans and purposes being put into effect uh, in our lives in this place. I find that very confronting because when I think about my prayers, even to this day, they read a lot like a shopping list. Um, Dear Father, please give me this, change that, um, and I'd love this to happen. Uh, and praying that on a regular basis and praying that about all kinds of different things, but so much of it starts with me and what I want. And Jesus flips that, doesn't he? 
He says, this is how you should pray. Start with God and what God wants. And I think that's very helpful. We're not at the centre of the universe. Let me repeat that. We're not at the centre of the universe. We might be tempted at times to think that we are. We may see the world and everything that goes on around about us from our own perspective. And of course, we can't do much other than that in a way. But yes, we can. Because as we read the Word of God, God shows us that He's at the centre. And so our prayers are to be prayers for God's honour, God's glory, God's power, God's victory, God's compassion, God's kindness, God's grace, God's love. It's about God first and foremost. And then He says to pray about us. And look at what He says. Give us today our daily bread. Um, we are to pray because we need the Father's provision. We, we can tend to think at times and think that we can provide for ourselves. Um, you know, I, I'm in control of my own destiny. I, I, I work, I earn an income, I do the things that you've got to do to get through life. I make the decisions uh, that are necessary, I make the plans that will make things happen in the future. Uh, I'm in control, but the reality is we're not in control at all. Um, we need God to provide. And the nation of Israel had to learn this big time. And it's very helpful to look at the book of Exodus. We're going to look at the book of Exodus next term, so here's just a little snippet. Um, you might not have realised this, but there was no coals. Woolworths or IGA in the wilderness at the time of Moses. Um, food was a problem, not only food but water as well. But the people of Israel for 40 years in a desert never went without food or water. Why? Because God gave them their daily bread, literally, manna. Bread from heaven. They had manna burgers, manna sandwiches, Manna mishmash, manna manners, good manners, bad manners. It's just manna. That's what they had. And they had it every day and God looked after them. He provided them on occasion with something different. Let's never forget that we're not in control. We need God to provide for us. It's not about having enough money in the bank account. It's not about having a degree. It's not about... Having bought our own home is not about having paid it off, it's about God providing for our every need. And let's depend upon Him for what we need. Forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors, or forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You might know it as. That is, we need our Father's pardon. And so part of coming before God in prayer will be confession. Confession is not a, a Roman Catholic thing. Confession is a biblical thing. Uh, we come before God recognising that we are sinful and that we're in need of forgiveness. And we do that freely and confidently because we have one who's secured our forgiveness already, that is Jesus. Let's ask God to forgive us and let's pray for his help to repent and to change.
And then he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That is, we need our Father's protection. We need God to look after us. We, we need God to provide uh, salvation and resting for us. We need God to show his kindness and his grace towards, it, towards us. And I take it that this is a prayer that God will keep us faithful and safe from the evil one. So there's what we know as the Lord's Prayer. It's a Father-focused prayer. Um, Recognising how wonderful our Father is and therefore coming before Him and asking Him for everything that matters. Uh, it's a privilege to pray and it's an encouragement to know that we can. You might be thinking, what about the ending? What about that, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever, amen. Uh, or the old school, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Where did that come from? Not sure. Uh, it's not in Matthew, it's not in Luke, it gets added in. But I did find this. Uh, it comes from 1 Chronicles, chapter 29. Let me read it to you. Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendour. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom you are exalted as head over all. And my guess is, as Christians started to pray the Lord's Prayer and the Sermon on the Mount, they they added some of those words. They're true, they're biblical, they weren't part of what Jesus said on that mountain, but it doesn't hurt us to add them in either. So what do we do with that? I think I'm just gonna make it. Three things. It's good to pray those words. So it's an appropriate thing just to pray the Lord's Prayer as it is, thinking about what it means as we pray. Secondly, it's a good agenda to shape our prayers. How do we match up in these areas? Um, and you might like to use this as a framework for your prayer. And I've, I've got to leave, I'm sorry.
We praise you for the heavens, the moons, and the stars, which are the work of your fingers. We praise you that you rule over all things, including the things we cannot understand. We praise you for your unfailing love and everlasting faithfulness, for your generous grace and mercy. We thank you that you are, that you are faithful to all your promises. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great desire and memorable love you have for each and every one of us. We thank you for the hope that you bring to us all and for your Son, Jesus Christ, who conquered death and has buried our sin. We thank you that you have chosen, you have called us, and you have made us through us. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, help us to surrender our thoughts. We are sorry that we follow our own desires. Please forgive us for the unhelpful thoughts, the loose and hopeful tongue, and the selfish actions. Help us to lay all these wrongs at the foot of the cross. Take control of our lives and make us the kind of people you want us to be. Heavenly Father, as we face trials, as we are tested and tempted, help us to rely on you and draw on you for strength, letting the power of the Holy Spirit help us through these times. Give us strength and hope, and help us always to rest in your grace. May your Holy Spirit fill this church and touch us all here this evening, and may you respond with joyful and Heavenly Father, sometimes you know we don't know what to do. This evening, as we come before you now in a world full of chaos, where we are seeing war, floods, famine, and pandemics, help us and the world find peace and hope in you. Lord, we commit to you the war that is unfolding in Ukraine and Russia. We pray for the families being displaced. We pray for the countries bordering Ukraine that they continue to reach out and welcome the refugees. We pray for the wisdom of the world's leaders as they navigate ways to manage Russia and food and Lord, I want to thank you at this time. There are so many people wanting to support Ukraine and offering to help and to take Lord, we pray for our friends and family around the town. With the floods that have decimated that town, Lord, we just commit that community to you. Help us in some way to support and help them to rebuild. Lord, we don't understand why these things happen, but we know that communities come together and people put aside their differences and want to reach out and help each other. And for that, we are thankful. Lord, we continue to pray for our brothers and sisters and family affected by COVID. Help us to continue to be patient, to reach out, love, support, and offer care where we can. Father, as we get into some camp, help us to remain healthy and that we can all get there together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity for Salt Camp. Help us that we can come together to support each other, look out for each other, and help mechanisms and repairs with tools. Keep us safe as we get involved, and help us to look out for each other. 
Lord, we want to thank you for salt in the church in this area. We pray for us as we continue to grow, that we can continue to reach the lost and the lonely. Help us to have a desire to reach those that don't know you. We pray that we can be light and hope in the world that feels so lost. Father, I pray that you continue to bless Maka and Nathan and the ministry team as we grow. Heavenly Father, there are so many decisions to make and we don't seem to know what is best for us now or in the future. But you know that when we lack wisdom, we can turn to you. And we ask and we pray for you that you will pour wisdom out onto us as we make decisions to go forward. Help us to live lives that pursue you and reflect your will. We thank you for your assurance that no matter who or what we are, your grace is sufficient for our needs, and your love and power can lift us, hold us, and transform us. Heavenly Father, make us a source of hope and joy, a source of confidence for those who need our faithfulness, and by your spirit enable us to be beacons of light and love. Finally, Father, we just pray for Matthew. Help him in his time he can settle down. Thank you for being with him as he brought us your word. Father, as we come before you now, we pray all these things in your son's great and glorious name.